A few years ago, a Harvard-Harris poll asked Americans what their favorite holiday was. Christmas came out on top, no surprise there, followed by Thanksgiving. Third on the list was Halloween. Then the 4th of July, well, coming in at 4th. And at number five was Easter. Now, Christmas may be everyone's favorite, but Easter has the distinction of being the high point of the liturgical year. And when you consider that out of the tens of billions of human beings who have ever lived and died, only one has refused to remain dead, you have a strong argument for suggesting that Easter is also the high point of human history. So here we are celebrating the high point of human history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. But what does that victory have to say to us about the death that awaits us all? And when we face that death, where will he be? These are not new questions, but neither are the answers. Every homily you have probably ever heard tries to give us a way to respond to those questions in faith. But once in a while, you come across a homilist who puts both the questions and the answers in a completely different light. And I'm not talking about myself. The homily I'm referring to is called Peri Pascha on the Paschal Mystery. It was preached between the years 160 and 170 to a Christian community gathered like ourselves in the dark of a holy Saturday night in a city called Sardis in what is now eastern Turkey. The bishop who preached that homily was named Melito. Melito is a patristic curiosity difficult to categorize. He drew up a canon of scripture, and he was the first to call the Hebrew scriptures the Old Testament. Beyond that, we know almost nothing about him, only scattered fragments of his work survived. That is, until one of his lost homilies for Easter, the Peripaska, was found in 1930 buried in the cemetery of a Coptic monastery in Upper Egypt. The discovery of this text was regarded as one of the most stunning patristic discoveries of the 20th century. Peri Pascha is a long homily. It takes 30 minutes just to read it and probably longer to preach it because the church where Melito preached this homily was discovered in the 1880s or 90s. It was a very large building, and Melito would have had to speak very loudly and very slowly to make himself heard. But then the Christians at Sardis were obviously not in a hurry to get home to eat chocolate bunnies and Easter eggs. Melito's preaching style has a poetic, even hypnotic quality that keeps one reading and probably an audience listening beyond the attention span normally reserved for such activities, a span which I fear I am even now dangerously close to violating. He had an unusual way of describing the resurrection. This is how he put it. When Christ had suffered for the sake of the sufferer and had been bound for the sake of the imprisoned, 
and had been judged for the sake of the condemned and buried for the sake of the one who was buried, he rose up from the dead and cried aloud, Who is he who contends with me? Let him stand in opposition to me. Who is my opponent? For I am the Christ. In other words, you got a problem with me? Come and take me on if you think you can. Let's step outside and see who's the real boss around here. This pugnacious language may be okay for gangster rappers, but it is somewhat unusual, if not shocking, language to put on the lips of the risen Christ. It does not fit the image of a serene and tranquil risen Lord whose inner life runs the emotional gamut from A to B, as though the resurrection had somehow cauterized his nerve endings. What you get here is not Jesus, the ghostly specter, come back from the dead to haunt his disappointing disciples, but Jesus Christ, the champion over sin, suffering, and death. Melito's Greek vocabulary is more fitting for a gym and a boxing ring. Having risen from the dead, Christ is ready to take on all the enemies of the human race. He challenges death and evil to a fight, and of course that fight's not going to be a fair one because he is the certain winner. This is exactly what we sing in Palestrina's hymn that gets trotted out every year on Easter or the occasional funeral. I think you know the lyrics. You could probably hum them with me or at least sing them. The strife is o'er, the battle done. Now is the victor's triumph won. The powers of death have done their worst, but Christ their legions has dispersed. Let a shout of joy outburst. The only difference between that hymn and Melito's homily is that the hymn makes it sound like you and I have arrived on the scene too late for the battle, one that was fought and won 2,000 years before we were even born. Melito suggests that we might want to rethink that because, in fact, the battle is ongoing. Easter may be the center of the church year. Christ may have risen from the tomb, but every day the grave claims new victims. Death has a voracious appetite, and it is only one of the faces of evil. There are many, many more. Defeated as it is, evil and death keep trying to make a comeback. And every time it does, there is Christ with his hands up in a fist, ready to duke it out. One measure of Easter's importance in the church year lies in the fact that the Easter season lasts for 50 days, 10 days longer than Lent. 50 days of solemn alleluias is usually a lot more joy than most of us can psychologically handle. Tomorrow, or the day after, reality will begin to set in again, the same old, same old, same old people to put up with, the same old issues to deal with, the same old passions and desires pushing their way to the front of our minds. In your struggle to be faithful to your baptismal vows, Remember that you and I are not fighting alone. Sin, suffering, and death may never take a holiday, but neither does the risen Christ.